This is Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Mike McPeak, and with me today is Jeff Sire. Hello, everybody. And Julie Keel. Hi again. <laughs> yes, we're back. Um, and we're ready to take on the movie Titan. And so the, the synopsis is really short. A military family takes part in a groundbreaking experiment of genetic evolution and space exploration. Um, I thought, um, I think we've seen something like this similar, and I forgot which movie it was because we've done so many at this point. But uh, basically, instead of trying to terraform a planet, they're basically trying to re-engineer people to live on a different planet. I thought that was yeah. just an interesting twist. I mean, I don't know that I've... I can't recall any show or book or anything I've ever read who said, rather than adapting the planet to us, let's adapt us to the planet. See, okay, I, I like – this was an okay movie, mm-hmm. but the the <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, I have a broken door in my house, so I'll burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> like the the solution is so much more complicated and doesn't even get you what you want like okay well we have to move move to another planet so we'll change ourselves but in changing them that thing at the end is no longer a human that's right okay let's let's come back to that just for those yeah. folks who haven't seen this basically what it is is that you know the earth has uh, been you know whatever it's uninhabitable and we can't live on on earth anymore um, so people are slowly dying out or killing off each other. Basically, you know, the 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 future for humanity is short, not just grim. It's darn short. So they they are um, trying to settle the human race on Titan, uh, moon of Jupiter. Um, lots of methane, liquid methane. Lots of really really cold. What else was there? Um, Nitrogen in the atmosphere, so a lot more nitrogen, a lot less oxygen. Um, and to your point, Jeff, that's exactly it. I mean, even in the movie, it doesn't even hint at it. It flat out says it. Um, if we are trying to save the human species, this movie does not do that. It creates a new species. It gives it even a name called Homo Titanus, um, where, yeah, we are genetically mutated and adapted to the conditions on Titan to the point we are unrecognizable as humans and could not live on Earth. Um, so, yeah, just you can call that a fail of, you know, the mission of the movie, or you can call it, you know, like I, I was hinting at, is just kind of rethinking this whole we have to go colonize the solar system and or the galaxy because, you know, humans won't survive on Earth. Well, in this scenario, humans won't survive, period. I mean, not as we know them, at least. Yeah. Right. And in true, you know, good old science, the, the scientific method, let's throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Oh, we um, could go on the ethics of this particular movie for days. Oh, yes. This well, is right up there ethics- with Nazi war, you know. Well, yeah. uh, ethically, though, they took volunteers. It wasn't like they were tricking these people. Uh, No, they they were tricking these people. They did not know what they were getting into. They did volunteer for something. They did not know what they were volunteering for. And uh, they might not have known the extent, but they knew that it was drastic and it was like a one way street. 
to to tighten. They knew it was a one-way street to tighten. They didn't know it was a one-way street to you could not even communicate with your family. You know, it yeah, would be okay. unrecognizable to anybody else. You know, so yeah, it. Mm. Uh, the, no, there was a hell of a lot of deception going on here, uh, and one guy in charge of all of it who was deceiving everybody on all sides. I mean, this really is Nazi war criminal level of of ethics. Well, yeah. And then and you know, beyond just the ethics, too, I mean, um, to me, it, like I say, the scientific method here was like, let's uh, uh, take uh, – basically, I think what it was in the end when they finally said it was they took uh, d- DNA from different animals and uh, mixed it with some stuff to help with the mutation and then see what would come out of it. Right, um, yeah. You took 20, yeah. 30, 40, 50 people, gave them all different stuff and saw what happened. Uh, again, ethics? <sighs> yeah. Where were yeah. the lab rats? I mean, well, we didn't have time for that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and, and there are people that would argue the ethics of lab rats too. So, yeah. you know, whatever. But I, I saw an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson a little while ago, and he was talking about how so, so they were asking him about uh, traveling to Mars and terraforming Mars, and his comeback oh, I, was yeah. was so good because he goes, "Well, you know what? Terraforming Mars—that's a big project. You know what we have that we could terraform." is the earth <laughs> because the earth is still pretty close to what the earth used to be. So he said, if we wanted to terraform something, we should concentrate on fixing the problems that we've made for ourselves on the <laughs> that home planet, right? Uh, logic. I mean, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you know, but at this point, this is standard science fiction fare here is that, uh, you know, it's the apocalypse. Everything's gone to hell. So, you know, our hand is being forced. We have to, you know, uh, in this movie, they have to deal with what what they have there. So, yeah, this and this is their vacation for that, Um, you know, and I. I get that the science fiction has to have an apocalypse or something driving it, but I guess I get a little tired of the uh, uh, the uh, whole, you know, we're going to ruin the Earth scenario. You know, that kind of drives me up a wall once in a while. Well, it is a reason for us to go out and, you know, colonize the, the universe. So um, it's almost like a... Um, mulligan as far as you know needing a reason to get off planet i mean because if everything was still peaches and cream on planet earth you know what's the incentive to go live on titan or travel to um, alpha centauri or you know develop faster than light engines so i mean it's almost a trope uh, uh, to some extent yeah the the yeah the um the concept the 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 idea of of changing a human being to be able to live on titan in this case um to swim in liquid methane 
to, and, and literally in the movie, it was showing the example of being able to breathe underwater. Um, like they, they were underwater holding their breath, breathing yeah. something. I don't know if they were holding their breath for like 45 minutes. Um, you get by with the least amount of air possible. So by holding what you had in your lungs, I forget how long were they down there? An hour? Forty-seven or minutes, I think, was the the record okay. that he said. Okay, but basically, it engineered the body to use as little oxygen as possible. Uh, again, so this is a lot of hand waving science here. Is you know, um, but you know that was their their theory. So that because there was a. Uh, it's a night. Well, the Earth is a nitrogen-rich atmosphere, but uh, what is it, twenty percent oxygen or something like that? Yeah. I don't even. There wasn't that amount on Titan, so they had to come up with something because uh, the body couldn't, you know, handle nitrogen. Obviously, so they needed something that would uh, a, a body that would use a minimal amount of oxygen. Yeah, it went from twenty percent in Earth's atmosphere oxygen to five percent in Titan's atmosphere. So yeah, we just basically See, it, it, matter of fact it was that, said like, that he was making that, Sherpas out of them. That didn't even make any sense no. either because Titan's so cold there isn't any oxygen in the atmosphere. So like oh, you're gonna have to create something that can breathe something else. Right. Well every single thing on Earth is based on consuming, like every animal, anyways, is based on consuming oxygen. So, where you're, where are you going to get this material to splice into this DNA yep. that is going to consume methane or whatever? Because we don't have anything really like that on any large, you know, human size scale. Like you might have single celled organisms that can eat methane and stuff like that, but you can't scale that stuff up. Like. This was kind of like uh, the Frankenstein's monster thing. Like to me, this wasn't as much sci-fi as like a like a fantasy sort of thing. Like I don't, I didn't, I don't see any direct line from real life science to how you could get to what they were designing. That's interesting because I just finished listening to an audiobook. It's actually one of the great courses on how great science fiction works. You know, it was like. 24 lectures of essentially science fiction literature and they were talking about that as the difference between science fiction and fantasy we've had this discussion before but basically is is the the distinction is that science fiction is something that could happen uh, whereas fantasy is um you know there is no, like you were saying, direct line between science and what they're talking about. Like, an example is Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders of Pern. There are dragons in there. That puts it squarely into fantasy, right? Except they arrived there by spaceship and they, um, uh, the dragons were an experiment and they, I mean, they had the science behind the dragons. Um, so, that be, you know it becomes science fiction, and I agree with you on this one. There's the the, the whole um, they, they tried to tie it in a little bit with like um, oh I don't know gills from something you know that to allow us to what breathe underwater. I mean I don't know what that the gills but there's, were going to do. There's no water. That's what I mean. That's, I don't know what the gills were yeah. going to do. I mean were they were the oxygen or the nitrogen breathing thing? I don't know what they were supposed to do. The the whole bat wing thing to allow us to to glide. What's that? You know, flying squirrels or something? I don't know. See, I could buy into that. The feline eyes okay. that allowed you to see at night because obviously there's less you know sun on uh, Titan. 
Um, what else did they talk about? They did talk about animal sources. I mean, a direct line of, of like, realistic science? No. But they were trying to pull some of the characteristics of various animals and, and make a Frankenstein, you know, a piece together. We're going to take the eyes of a cat and the gills of a fish and the wings of a flying squirrel and, you know, turn you into Superman. I, I guess I was I was too harsh there at the start, like, because... The eyes thing and the bat wing, that's, that's not, it's not, still not plausible, but it's certainly way more possible than the, than the, uh, the breath thing. Yeah, the, I, the thing I got hung up in when, was really what one aspect of this whole transformation, which was the, the fact that, oh, we're going to create this new gill thing for breathing. Yeah, but so what? There's still no gaseous oxygen there well on the flip side if if we are bags of water everything goes back to star trek uh you know 80 percent water or whatever we are and you put us on titan our the water in our bodies will freeze i mean so you're going to have to replace the the major component of our bodies with something like alcohol or something that isn't going to freeze at you know zero celsius so well what you know well, they were just throwing DNA in there. Now, I get that they were wanted to put animal DNA in there, but why not plant? Why not, you know, yeah. something that could synthesize nitrogen and turn it into something? Now, chlorophyll relies on sunlight. There's probably not that much sunlight there. But, I mean, at least, you know, you could take, you know, put some, uh, as long as we're mixing up a cocktail here, you know, a make-believe cocktail, why not throw in uh, plant DNA to see if it would, you know, somehow... Um, convert uh that's uh, nitrogen how about spores that's that's what they did in in old man's war right because the the clones that they made for the uh for the troopers in old man's war they were all green because they incorporated uh chlorophyll uh so that they could photosynthesize sunlight uh and reduce their need for breathable oxygen well there's a one we haven't discussed before we'll have to put that on the list (laughs) we haven't done that no we That's did Forever one. War. Forever War, oh. but not Old Man's War. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet it sounds like it. Yeah, you know, and again, like, seriously, Star Trek's been playing around with spores. Why couldn't you talk about uh, nanotechnology? Um, I mean, there's there's so many other mulligans you could have pulled in here as opposed to, you know, like this Frankenstein of pulling this characteristic from that animal and the characteristic over there from a different one. Um, you could yeah. have... Uh, got taken the science a lot uh, of di- different directions that might have been less, you know, Frankenstein. Yeah, at least, you know, throw some nanites in there that would, like, m- meld the DNA together rather than just, hey, we're going to shoot you up and see what happens here. Um, I realize that you know, they're trying to make it sound like, well, it is a desperate situation, but I mean. <sighs> okay, and let's, speaking of desperate situations and, and you know, the end game here. Um, in this entire movie, spoiler, they managed to um, mutate one human and send him off to Titan by himself. Uh, yeah, one. Can we can we talk about you know like reproduction here? Unless sure. you can do this again, it's all for naught anyway. Um, so what? Um, That's kind of what I was thinking. Unless they had, uh, unless they you know as long. Like I say, a lot of hand waving. Maybe this guy will, you know, has cell division. Well, no, that'd be plant DNA. But uh, yeah, there's to what point they got one person on Titan. There was a hint that his wife was working on 
it, you know, that she was involved in trying to colonize Titan at the end as well. Basically get reunited with him, apparently. But again, if you're not mutated exactly the same way that he... I mean, have there, there is no proof that they can reproduce. A lot of mutants, you know, mules um, can't reproduce. So, yeah. great. You got this guy who can live on Titan by himself for the rest of his days. Oh, that sounds just like an enjoyable existence. <laughs> well, and it, and even if he can reproduce, that, uh, like, so say that they made two of them, right? Mm. So even if they could reproduce, that doesn't necessarily mean that these new traits they've engineered are going to be inherited. Mm-hmm. You could you could easily have the child have this atavistic throwback to you know, just normal lungs or, you know, something that would kill it instantly, right? Yep, yep. And and speaking of mutations, too, what, what the hell was this tendrils or whatever that were shooting out of their hands and killing people? I mean, yeah. what what animal does that? Squid. Scary sci-fi animal. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Predators. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. There, there was a whole lot of this that was weird. Um, I, I, even, even if you mutate the person, there's still a uh, unless the well, apparently the brain chemistry was changing because that one guy did go kind of well, he did go animalistic and they had to put him down. Um, but it's still you're uh, you're not going to lose your feelings, your thoughts, your past. Well, so, they tried to do that. Yeah, uh, but I mean, so the, now this guy is alone on Titan. At what point is he going to say, I'm alone, screw this stuff, and just throw himself off of something? And, you know, what, you know, the mental part of this whole. I know. I mean, again, I'm on Titan. I mean, and, and, and to your point, at one point in the movie, spoiler, they attempted to do a chemical lobotomy, it was, it was described as, so that he would forget all of his memories and relationships and all the things. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And they, um, because he was reluctant to follow through and finish the experiment and actually go to Titan, he was t- still too tied to Earth. Um, so they wanted to, to do this chemical lobotomy to, to break those bonds to the planet. Um, and because of, you know, like wives, um, that didn't happen. So, But they sent him off anyway. And as far as we know, the chemical lobotomy did not happen. Um, which means, yeah, now you've sent the guy off to Titan and all the cost and expense of doing that uh, to live out the end of his days, like you say, by himself doing what? You know, flying? Um, <laughs> that gets boring in about three hours. I mean, yeah, you you would have been like impaling yourself on the nearest. I mean, just what a horrible thing to you know impose upon somebody, and it and it wasn't imposition. I mean, that is not what they. It, it, early on in the show, there were these dozens of people involved in the experiment, and it, there was a discussion that they would go as a team that there would be a team of people heading to Titan. And it became pretty obvious that that was right. not the case. But, yeah, I mean, like I say, and back to knowing one... what you get into, uh-uh, they did not know what they were getting into. 
No, and it wasn't wasn't like they dropped him into the uh, Garden of Eden. They dropped him into a steaming ice ball right. out in space. Yeah, dark steaming ice ball. Yeah, that too. So, I mean, um, you know, this sounds like, you know, a recipe for madness or something. Um, you know, now maybe, uh, God forbid, but maybe they should do a sequel where this guy does manage to reproduce and starts his own technology and then comes back and, you know, bombs Earth back into the Stone Age if we haven't done it already. Yeah, it's... there's. I, there's... I like that uh, God forbid part <laughs> that they do a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please, God, don't. Uh, this one, like I said, this wasn't a terrible movie. No, but I, th- I thought it raised some good questions. I mean, there were some real right. good questions in there about, you know, okay, rather than terraforming other planets, what if we, you know, mutated ourselves to adapt? Um, what are the ethics involved in that? How would you actually do that? Um, everything we've talked about so far, once you got there, what would you do? I mean, you have, you have to... Uh, you're you're basically thrown into the stone age on a new planet because there is no technology or infrastructure. You don't know how to do things like form metal or start a fire or you know agriculture. I would have been more interested what to see a eat? movie where where they say, okay, uh, we've discovered how to do this kind of genetic splicing, and we now can say that uh, you can eliminate. Any chance of Down syndrome from your children? Oh, isn't this great? This is wonderful. We don't have to, uh, we, you don't, you don't have to have any children with this. Well, then that whole kind of moral thing is like, oh, okay. Well, I'd like to have my kids have blue eyes, and then you just push it further. I, I would be interested to see a movie where they, they talk about that because that this is something that we're going to be dealing with, like within our lifetime. Yep, if we're not already. And just like, where are we going to draw that line? To yeah. me, that's an interesting question. Yep. Like, is it is it moral to say that, uh, oh, okay, well, we can eliminate Down syndrome. What's that say about people who have Down syndrome? Are they not worth being right. alive? Or, right. or, you know, like if, if you decide that, oh, my wife and I want to have, uh, we want to have our children have blue eyes. Well, should you be allowed to select for that? Right. You know, she, you know. Well, and then, uh, then you would, uh, as you know, it usually does, there would be people who would be able to do this and people who wouldn't. So then you would set up this class. It almost seems to me like we've done a story or there's a, sim- a story similar to that out there. Oh, uh, Gattaca, was Gattaca, that? Yeah. Yeah. Where you had people who, you know, were genetically engineered, um, uh, and so it, you'd create this whole class system. But, yeah, something like that would be a lot more interesting, I think, than, uh, you know, the, the spaghetti against the wall, let's see what stick scenario that they, you know, tried to do. I think if they could have tightened the science up a little bit so it just it wasn't like, you know, hey, we're just going to throw stuff here and, and, and just see what happens. And, okay, yeah, we're, you're human beings, but yeah, you're nothing more than guinea pigs for this whole thing. And if you die, well, we're sorry. You know, we'll compensate your family until they die out too, whatever. But, you know, it just if they could have tightened the science up in this movie, I think that would have helped it uh, some. The premise is still, you know, out there, but I think they could have tightened it up, made it more interesting, uh and had it flow better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the um, the the speaking of mulligans though too, this whole business of you know don't ask too much questions about the science. 
Um, the two wives that we were introduced to in this whole thing, um, we were actually there were only like three spouses even mentioned. There was a female candidate um, who mentioned a boyfriend. I'm not even sure if she was married, um, but we never saw him. And there was one other male candidate who had a wife, uh, in addition to the you know the main character's wife. Um, and the two wives couldn't have been farther apart. One was a pediatrician. The main character's wife was a pediatrician that had given up her career to, you know, support her husband on his being coming a hero to the entire human race uh, and saving the planet. And the other one was basically just, you know, coming along for the ride because, you know, being sticking with her man type of thing. Um, and the way the movie played out the fact that the 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 uh, hero the hero the main character's wife was a pediatrician becomes critical to the story um because she understands what's going on she understands the medical part of what's happening um it, it, that was just lame as hell too <laughs> i mean it really was um uh, there was there were so many other ways that that could have gone down, and I mean, there. It, I, I'm watching the movie. I remember thinking, at uh, early on, it's like, okay, you're you're a, a trained medical professional. Your husband is a soldier, uh, war hero, and essentially now damn near an astronaut. Um, yet you couldn't figure out what they were doing. Um, what, you know. It it took it took quite a bit of it took somebody dying it took the other wife dying for um, you know the questions to be raised about what actually is going on here I'm like boy you, I mean maybe it's just me because that's the way the writers wanted it but um, you guys are awfully slow on the uptake as far as you know this shit's not what you think it is. Well, again, I think character development could have helped there because, you know, I think it's uh, uh, plausible that they uh, that she could have sent something. But, you know, the situation on Earth is so dire. And like I say, the whole hero thing, you know, she could have been willfully turning a blind eye. But like I say, you really didn't get much development uh, on that. I think they could, if they could have fleshed that out, that may have been made more sense yeah it, it i they tried i mean they did a little bit at the end i mean the, the the wife winds up being one of the heroes of the story actually um and possibly the only hero of the story who's the hero of the story wow that's a good question <laughs> yeah uh, you know who the, the wife, villain is i'd have to agree yeah you know who the villain is but i don't think yeah. it's the guy i don't think it's the husband I don't think it's He's the... almost a, a neutral victim. Yeah, he's a victim. Sure. That's um, an odd way to look at this. I never thought of this as being like a, a you know, a feminine hero story until just now when I said it. It's like what? Well, so... yeah, and even there's no that you know, no strong hero of any sort. Like say the wife is sort of um sort of, but yeah, and maybe that's part of the problem maybe i mean were were you really rooting well i mean i guess we were rooting for the guy to you know make it through his metamorphosis and then his buddy too and you know the one that they had to put down we were all kind of rooting for them 
but yeah, I guess there was a point where you were well. I wasn't even rooting. Um, yeah, the, I, it was like you knew he was going to make it. I mean, that was that just. It, it, this yeah. is not Game of Thrones. They were not going to knock him off in the first, you know, half hour of the show. Um, but I did I, when they got to that scene where you know the the evil dude, the the evil uh, manipulator of all of the things here. Um, was like, you know, go ahead and shoot the women and children. And the rest of the soldiers went, yeah, not so much. And they were pointing the guns at him uh, rather than her. Um, That's when the whole, yeah, she's a hero switch really flipped over. Um, I think that, to me, that is the only really heroic scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, which no. means why did we watch the whole movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there was I was going to say you didn't I guess we were rooting maybe a little, but you know, you want to see what happened to these people. Certainly. Uh, yeah. Um It's like a, a train wreck. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, it was a train well, wreck because or... you wanted to see how it ended because you knew it wasn't going to end well. I mean, seriously, I, I, the movie was right. not that bad. I mean, we've watched movies that are complete frickin' train wrecks. This is not that <laughs> bad. But honestly, when you sit down and analyze it, that's exactly what was happening. It was like, I just have to watch what's going to happen here because this is not going to end well. You, you're curious about how it actually will end. There is really nobody you care about um, at the end. They tried to make the, the, the victim, the hero, the, the main character um, – like you say, a victim, you're supposed to feel sorry for him and whatever, but even that was kind of not done well. I mean, he didn't, it's not like you cried when they, you know, were doing bad things to him. It was like, yeah, really? Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. Again, I actually really did enjoy this movie um, because I think it did raise some questions that, you know, I hadn't really thought about before besides the whole ethical medical ethics question you know the the experiments that they were conducting were completely insane but this whole this whole business of this is the first time i think i've ever uh run across where um the we're not terraforming another planet we are terraforming ourselves to adapt to another planet and that was an interesting twist i mean that was one that got you thinking about okay yeah what could you do to make human beings right and 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 then again that just begs the next question if we do that much change are we still humans and i mean even in the movie um like i said he gave us a new species name we are not homo sapiens anymore we were homo titanus so yeah, I don't think you could say in any way he was still human at the end. <laughs> no. Yeah, not, uh, nothing. I mean, yeah. Nothing would be, yeah. Well, and like say, I uh, I think a lot of it comes down to character development. Uh, if they would have fleshed him out so you'd care more. And I don't know they're, if it's done right. Uh, that's the whole thing. It's the execution. But if they were to have a story about, you know, let's say they 
they had created two, and then these people were able to create a you know a society of these uh, titanus um, uh, creatures. How would they have developed? You know, would they be follow the human path, or would you know the environment dictate? Would their changes dictate how they set up an environment? How they you know set up a civilization? Um, that would have been possibly interesting. Yeah, there was a moment in the show where there was two leading candidates, one male, one female, and you're like, oh yeah, Adam and Eve off on a new planet, that's going to work. And then they killed her off. Um, and it's like, okay, where's this going now? Just well, that To me, that was a big... I mean, if I were to write this movie, that I I would have gone for the trope of sending a you know a man and a woman over to Titanus and you know cutting ties completely with Earth and they populate uh, uh, Titan all by themselves and you know you know grow grass and sheep eventually, um, <laughs> but they took a different direction with this and I don't know why. Yeah, when they killed. If they would have kept her that other candidate around longer, but at that point you realize, okay, so we just have the one guy. So now what? Now it's just like we need to get rid of this guy. Um, you know, they're not going to propagate the human species or whatever this guy is. It's just like, well, we have this guy. He can't stay here. I guess we got to get rid of him. Uh, too bad for your wife. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, she'll be stoic and whatever, and you know. Um, right, and there was blah, this blah, blah, blah. Um, thing about, um, you know, you weren't quite sure what was going to happen to the wife either, for lots of it. Um, you weren't sure if it was going to, if if she was going to get killed in the process, or whether or not she was going to um, be sent along. You know, was she going to, like, stow away or something? Um, So there was this question about what was going to happen to the wife as well. And I suppose it got answered because, you know, she was the final... Well, she wasn't the final scene of the show, but they certainly did deal with, you know, the rest of the story from her perspective um, to some extent. So, yeah, it's... uh, or even, a... even if they would have done something like the the wife, uh, you know, gets wind of what's going on and secretly starts treating herself, um, you know, uh, un, unbeknownst to everyone else. So then suddenly she emerges, you know, and then they get sent off. Um, I That could have been a little bit, you know, at least maybe it would have been sort of a love story. I mean, they're, they tried to spin this as, you know, a love story, but at some point it's like, Okay, this is like an interspecies love story by the time you get to the end, which yeah. is creepy. Well, and to some extent, okay, Jeff, you've been in the military, right? Yep. You know that once, you know, moms, wives kiss husbands goodbye, sons goodbye, and the person that they kiss goodbye never comes home, ever. Because nobody goes through that experience at any level. I don't care if it's just boot camp. You are a changed person. And so, like, for for at the beginning of this show, they spent a lot of time um, 
setting up this, oh, happy family. We moved into this unbelievable military housing. I mean, yeah. like, unfrickin' believable military housing. Um, and we're going to I was going to this... say, your military housing in the States, wow, it's way... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I got the... Uh, I, what I took away from this was this was in the Atlantic, and the guy in the military person in charge was from Spain, so I got the impression that this was a Spanish military base. That was probably the most unbelievable thing of uh, on the whole thing. That oh, the United States is going to let somebody else come in and run a military operation within the United States. Yeah, that'll happen. Right. Yeah, but the they did spend a lot of time in the beginning of the show trying to create this, you know, just happy military family. And he was just going to go do his stuff during the day and come home and be, you know, like, you know, dad at at the time. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, you, you, if you're going to do what you say you're going to do, um, and you know that you are being, you know, injected with stuff, to help you adapt, do you really expect, and they were told that, you know, they might, might change and might be, they were told that they would change and, and perhaps not be themselves. Yet when it happened, they were so surprised. They, it was like, oh my God, he's changing. It's like, no kidding. Um, <laughs> so there, like, the, I think when somebody says, yeah, we're going to splice new DNA into you and there might be changes like, <laughs> right. I think uh, it's a wide open market at that point for what whatever is going to happen. Like, well, in a, it, I, I don't think you can be really surprised at anything. In in just yet another example of the the ethics, the absolutely evil ethics. I have no better word for well, it than this show. Evil ethics, and it's also mixed with that trope of the stupid army guy, right? Because all bit. of these people were stupid. Yeah. In. A reaction to like, oh, what's happening to me now? They're changing. Oh, like, why are we here? Like, right. come on, you know, like, and that's such a movie trope of like, you know, and I, and I, honestly, I think that's partly the Hollywood thing of like, well, I'm in Hollywood and I'm writing this thing, and people who are in the military are obviously morons, like, or or they go into the military, like that. Uh, the main guy, he was obviously. Uh, not when smart I say, dude. I use the term. Well, he was he was smart, but he was obviously mentally inferior to his wife. She was much smarter than he was, and he was very naive when it came to anything to do with how the military was running things. He was like, he was always like, oh, you know, it's okay. They know what they're doing, and like people in the military are not like that. Like people who join the military, they know they're getting into a dangerous job. Like when they deploy overseas. They realistically know there's a chance that I might die. And this I, this idea that people are shocked that, oh, my God, Jimmy died or whatever. Like, that's just. And and their well, families know that, too. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's true. Their families know what they're getting into as well. Yep. And that's not, what. Not to say that when. I, I just want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. That not to say when tragedy happens that they aren't upset. Yeah. But military personnel and their families know that tragedy is a possibility right and these people in the movie this underlying almost shock at that tragedy that was well, that's not yeah really. that was that was that was ridiculous 
But the other part of it, too, was this whole business of why would you even put the families through that? These guys were on a short uh, mission. No, they were on a permanent lifetime mission. I mean, if they were successful, um, you would have, I mean, you would have pulled these people out of their families and said, you are needed to save the world. We're going to take you to this this super secret base and do all of these things to you say goodbye to your families and leave them at home they do not have to watch you go through this and the thing that drove me absolutely freaking insane is when they finally got uh to where the the appearance the physical appearance of the 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 well the hero or the guy the main uh, guy give this guy a name i'm sure he has one the dude the dude (laughs) yeah and the other and the the chick too the adam and eve that we thought i thought might make it um, when they absolutely changed and were no longer appeared human, wife and young son were there to, you know, reveal. I'm like, who the f- um, sorry, <laughs> trying to keep the explicit tag off, would let, would do that to a kid. No way in hell would you, should you have done that. That revelation should have been made to the wife alone yeah. and possibly never made to the son. And certainly not at the same moment, because for starters, mom is in an untenable position where she has to like not show her absolute shock and horror to to double whammy the kid. Um, but yeah, well, and no it, way. it was stupid. It was stupid on the part of the scientists because the families are obviously there with the idea of like, oh, you'll have this kind of uh, psychological support because you'll have your families with you. No. But they sh- like, it, but it's obvious that once these people start to physically change, having their families there is going to be psychological trauma to them because they're going to see the horror right. <laughs> in their families' faces. Right. Well, I... and, let's, and let's not forget the one family where the, uh, the guy actually freaked out and throws her out a window and kills her. So it was like deadly in the uh, right. for that one family. And I don't think it was the only one. I mean, the 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 Eve. She killed her guy in all of this, too, I believe. So, I mean, yeah. Basically, let's bring all of these people and their families until all of them are dead but one, and then let's send them (laughs) off planet, you know? Because that's who you want to go off planet is the most, you know, stable, you know, person left. Okay. And, we are okay. making it sound like we hated this movie. I know it. Quite hated it. I didn't. Hate, I just, actually like this movie. Yeah, it's just there's problems, and you know, so we're going to kill off people to save humanity. Um, that uh, that doesn't quite you know compute either. But uh, yeah, and like I say, yeah, it's because there's been movies that, that you know we've truly hated, and this one here is just that. The, the the sciences and the psychology is a little goofy. I, and I th- I think they could have dealt with the science, the psychology part of it. You know, with the families and all this other stuff. Yeah, that does change the the story. I, I the Prince, the idea of this story. I think if they would have taken the time to write it better. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's the kind of story when okay, at watching the movie, I was thinking, you know, this is this is not bad. I like this. It's a Netflix original, so the bar was not all that high. Um, so it's like, you know, this is good. This is interesting, and you know, it's not it's not the kind of thing that's going to make you 
you know, stay up at night going, oh my God, that was so intriguing. What about this? What about that? What about this? It's more, it's, it's a pleasant way to spend a little over an hour and a half, I believe. Um, with that, that does raise, you know, a few questions as far as, you know, hey, that's a cool idea of adapting us to the planet rather than the planet to us. Um, but yeah, when, when we start talking on this and start digging into the, the, the different issues, and some of them were obvious even as I was watching it, that whole, kid you know being there with mom as they were waking up from this massive metamorphosis it's like no just no um but like you say you know i would take i would watch this over a lot of stuff we've watched (laughs) and not everything including starship troopers i mean we've watched (laughs) a lot worse movies than this one oh yeah true uh and and I think I think I finally figured out what it is about this movie. I think maybe might explain why we don't like it. It's the Chinese menu syndrome. A little from column A, a little from column B, and a little from column C. True. You have a science fiction, you have a love story, and you have a horror story. And they tried to blend them together and not very well. Yeah. Well, well I will yeah, give them... that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I will give them credit. Like I say, if I were to write this story, I would have written many things differently. Uh, you know, like... Like have a guy and a gal go off planet like not include the families but you know it would have been a it i think it would have been an interesting story just without premise rather than taking uh you know terraforming another planet planet and adapting it to us what happens if we have to adapt to another planet that's the basic premise and then writing that story and how that happens um if i were to write it it would be not this movie um, there would be a, a lot of things that I would choose to do differently, which is, you know, so in the case of this movie, the choices that they made, one of which was the evil medical experimenter, um, you know, and then some of the other things that like the families and the fact that only one person survives to the end. And, you know, some of those things, those are those are from a filmmaking standpoint or a film writing standpoint. Those are interesting choices. And perhaps not good ones right yeah well i think because you know i'm not going to throw netflix under the bus here necessarily but i think because it was a netflix movie they tried to broaden their demographic a little bit like i say some sci-fi some you know kind of love story a little horror uh you know a few other things so i think they tried to put too many in there to try and bring in the largest number of people. I think if they would have concentrated on, you know, the science fiction part, there's nothing wrong with a love story if it's a subplot uh, or, you know, if it binds the movie together. But this was like, it wasn't really binding it together. It's just like another layer that was added onto it. Um, so, yeah, I think the the premise by itself is fine. It's just, yeah, better writing. Uh, this, this, as far as the cinematography and that kind of stuff, you know, I thought that was fine. Yeah, and I will give credit. I mean, Netflix Originals makes stuff like this, and I want to watch it. I mean, I honestly don't care how bad it is because Netflix needs to make more of these. Um, like all things, you need to throw a bunch of them up against the wall before you find good one. I mean, you, you have to fail nine times before you find that one gem. Um, so, you know, Netflix needs to make more movies. They need to get better at what they're doing. They need to be able to, to afford and hire and find and, and sign a contract with top-notch 
uh, talent uh, on all levels. I mean, actors, writers, you know, graphic artists, whatever. Um, and 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 you should really give Netflix credit because they have taken real flyers on some. And they've had some successes like that show Bright that was on last that came on last Christmas with Will Smith. Yep. Um, that is like I've never seen anything like that. And it didn't it didn't do well with critics. But man, oh, man, on Twitter, all the people that I know you saw over and over and over again that it was like that uh, that uh, role playing game and video game shadow run. And I'd never, ever seen anything like that on TV or movies or whatever. It was really like I didn't especially like the Will Smith character and stuff like that, but I want to see more movies set in that world. Yeah. I remember when we talked about it, there was an issue about we didn't have a lot of backstory, but that's because we didn't know the backstory. It's on us, not the movie. So, yeah. It, and and to the reality of science fiction, um, us nerds <laughs> are kind of a niche market. And, you know, books are one thing. Books are even more of a niche market than movies because – if anything goes mainstream in sci-fi, it is the movies. I mean, Star Wars and Star Trek movies are a thing, as are you know a lot of the other ones, Independence Day, Men in Black, whatever. Um, but you know, it's still kind of a, a limited market until something breaks out. So by clicking that play button, you wind up supporting and encouraging Netflix to make more. And so, yeah, I'll I'll watch stuff like this any day of the week over some of the other crap we've watched. Well, um, well and, that was been pushed and, out by the big studios, right? And let's be honest, you know, if this movie was made twenty or thirty years ago, this would have been the uh, uh, the the attack of the killer shrews, or uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the it's the B uh, science fiction movies, and they have a you know a steam place amongst you know, nerds because. You know, if for no other reason they're, you know, they're, uh, or Plan 9 from Outer Space, you know, some of those that were just either they're bad enough to be good or, you know, they're entertainment or there's something for you to mock. There's a place for them there. So we need, yeah, we still need these kind of movies. We need the really good movies too, but we need some of these just fluff things for whatever reason. You know, that's an interesting way to put it, that this is a B movie for 2018. Oh my gosh, the yeah. standard of B movies has gone up immensely. Oh yeah, yeah. Because true. Attack of the Killer Shrews, they put a dog in a fur coat, and it was supposed to be a giant killer shrew. At least the special effects in this movie are, you know, uh, the better. Because, you know, like I say, visually, I I was fine with the movie. I was gonna say, oh, visually, visually, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. special effects wise, I mean, like some of those scenes of him swimming underwater like a dolphin. Um, yeah. I don't know how they managed to do that because I know how hard that is to do, and that's not even just him swimming speeded up. Um, that is yeah. that is some sort of I mean that's probably all CGI. Um, but it's um, the, even the story. If you compare this to I can't remember the one we watched that was set in London, um, but the the B movie there where they uncovered some spaceship under you know the London uh, underground or whatever. Um, even the story is better the, than, you know, just the film production values. Just better than, you know, more than just filmmaking has gotten better. Story writing has also gotten better. 
Well, and you know, and again, I there's a place for this kind of movie, and hopefully somebody will see this movie and go, well, I could do this better, and then maybe they will. So, I mean, hopefully it's a seed for something. Yeah, I was going to say, back to the whole premise of this movie is we need to adapt to a new planet. Um, take Somebody else take that concept and write that, because I would love to see about a dozen takes on that. Um, what, what, what could people come up with as far as how that might happen? You know, in yeah, this or, case, it was it was nasty, evil uh, experiments on human beings. But what if it wasn't? What if it was a slow progression? What if it was we actually landed on another planet and within like four generations, we had evolved to, you know, step outside the habitat on Mars and be able to breathe, you know, the non-existent atmosphere there or whatever. You know, so, you know, I'd love to see people take that and... and and pl- come up with other ideas on what that might look like. Okay, well, is there anything in this, is it the tech in here was sort of sparse. Uh, was there anything in here that we would want for ourselves? Do we want to mutate ourselves into, you know, nitrogen-breathing beings? I want the military housing, especially with the pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you only have to move to Spain because this is where that movie was shot. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, is there anything in there that... uh... Well, uh, it's not a personal thing, but uh, they obviously had a ship to get him to Titan. And I think that would be cool. Which was never addressed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay, that's reaching. But, yeah, I get your point there because... I say this, the tech in this thing is a little sparse. I mean, I don't know. There's times I wished I had, you know, abilities. Um, ooh, ooh, I, I know what I want. What's that? I, I want the ability to withstand the cold because anybody who knows me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> knows I'm yeah. always in four layers of clothing and I don't care what the temperature is. So, hey, I'll take that one. And like you and me, we both live in the frickin' Dakotas here. I know. Uh, it's not quite the ice box of the world, but there's times, you know. So, uh, yeah, the ability for cold, that'd be kind of cool. Or, I don't know, I think everyone kind of has a secret desire to fly or glide or something. So, Night you know. vision. Sure. If I could yeah. get some of those without having to go through the genetic mutations, that'd be kind of okay. Hey, sure. I, I would like to have my uh, eyesight back that I had when I was in my 20s. Well, that would be that'd awesome. That'd be good, yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hearing, you know, whichever, yeah, because this old age thing, you know, it, it's a thing. Um, okay, well, uh, well, um, this uh, that wraps up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Uh, you can check us out on SciFiTechTalk.com or follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. If you have any ideas uh, or comments, please send them to greetings at SciFiTechTalk.com. And reviews on iTunes are always welcome. Jeff, where can people find you? People can follow me on Twitter at Broncosire. That's S-Y-E-R. Uh, and Julie, where can people find out more about you? I, too, can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to the other blogs and podcasts and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Uh, next episode, we're going to be covering the 2017 movie Beyond Skyline. 
a tough-as-nail detective embarks on a relentless pursuit to free his son from a nightmarish alien spaceships. I think I better get my knife sharpened up for this one. Anyway, but uh, that's it for this show, and we'll see you in the future. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? It's the sci-fi tech talk. Where do you want to go?